right, welcome back to the Discus Larry Collective Podcast. I'm your host Warren. Um, I'm here alongside Daryl and Glenn. And then oh, yeah. what we're going to do today is we are breaking down Royal Rumble 2001. Uh, obviously, a standout year for WWE, good and bad, funny enough. The whole start of the year, great Royal Rumble, WrestleMania 17, stuff like that. And then they had that whole botched invasion angle, but I'm sure we'll get to that one the other days. But um, yeah, we'll start uh, going through the card, I suppose. So uh, I don't know about you lads, actually, but um, I didn't watch like that little dark match that was on before the event. Um, the lowdown. Oh, no. Did you just watch that or nothing? No. No. no I, I've seen oh, it once many times. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's a two-minute match. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a little taste that for the people who were in attendance, I suppose. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah so the, yeah, the, so the actual. <clears throat> no, no, no. Um, so the opening match that anyway was tag team titles. Um, the police against Edge and Christian. Always guaranteed a, a good match anyway to begin with, but uh, yeah, it went about ten minutes. Um, I think Edge and Christian were the champs going into it, weren't they? I think. I think they were. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Dudley's bet them comfortably, actually. <laughs> was it, uh, what did you think of this one? Now you want to take the reins on this one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it, for an opener. Like nowadays, like that could be a pay-per-view main event. Like, to me, anyway. Um, yeah. Just seeing how the Dudleys had the the crowd in the palm of their hand. Not even just for that match, but pretty much any match that they they, they were in, like the little spots with the what's up, uh, get the tables, um, and then when they were going to hit the 3D, like just every time the crowd were just so invested into that match, it's just you miss it, you badly miss yeah, it. Yeah, like, it's amazing, really. Yeah, and that's yeah, that, you that, do, that's yeah, and it's sell, like, they're invested from start to finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it? Uh, but yeah, the, just how they are, yeah, as you said, like how invested. Like the crowd is like from start to finish is just it's crazy, but yeah, it was absolute unreal start to the pay per view. To be honest, yeah, it really is, and like it's what's deadly about it is as well when when the likes of like when they call for the 3D and this thing they don't even call for the 3D, they just stand in their position. Like the Ivan will kind of crouch down as if he's about to lift them, and the second the fans see him crouch down, they all hop up and they're all just roar and like it's just deadly to see like and it's. It's cool going back to it and watching it again because obviously when you're a kid or whatever and you're watching it, you're just like, oh, fuck, Edge and Christian lost. Or, ah, I hate the Dudleys. Or, oh, yeah, I suppose, yeah, 3D. You're not really, you don't see it through, I suppose, your eyes now. Like when you look back and you're like, whoa, that's a pop, like, or that's a reaction, or that's this. So, uh, yeah, what was that anyway? Um, yeah, okay. What came next? Was was Benoit and Jericho next? Oh, my God, it was, yeah. Yeah, you had your man did that segment with Drew Carey coming in, which, ugh, what a ah. bit oh, of clown, yeah, yeah, with Steph and fucking Triple H, but yeah, then we went into the, the Benoit. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Kyoto, obviously in the business a long time, absolute uh, veteran now, but they they had a couple of blunders early on in the match, um, which wasn't the performers, uh, wasn't Edge and Christian, wasn't the Dudley Boys. And it's something that when you rewatch it as an adult, especially as someone who might be more interested in going to the business side, marketing side, or just to kind of, you know, like this would be something that would be so well picked up on now by modern fans and, and production that it's actually 
mate, what, watching it a second time back to back actually makes it harder. Um, two times in the match, uh, Mike Kyoto allows Edge and Christian to to you know tag in and out without doing a tag, right? Uh, and yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of funny when you see this happen. It's almost as if he was told to now work for Edge and Christian almost because at one point Bubba um, gets the tag off Devon, but the ref doesn't see it and he tackles Bubba back to the corner like he he forces him back, but then turns on heel, uh, pardon the pun, and you see Edge and Christian. I think it's Christian who's who's tagged in. He tags in Edge while Mike Yoda is battling back Boba to the corner, and then Mike Yoda turns around, sees now that Edge is in the ring and Christian's now on the apron, and then claps for the tag even though it didn't actually happen, and then shouts at them for for swapping and saying you guys need to tag or whatever. And the commentators pick up on it now. They only make a kind of a, a mock of it twice, but it's so it's so subtle that you actually you almost have to watch for it, but. It's it's probably the only the only like real negative take home. Um, you know the match itself is great. The, the only other difficulty is the finish. Uh, there's a couple of times where the wrong man gets pinned, and the ref goes to yeah. the stuff. Little silly things, but uh, I think Daryl hit it nail on the head. What an opener! Yeah, yeah. The the likes of them little yeah them little watches almost like with the ref and stuff. They would be picked up on today, all right. Uh, it's like even sometimes when you see someone getting pinned and then wait, you know, when they they they, they hook one leg, but they hook them behind our behind our neck almost, and they accidentally yeah. pull a shoulder up. Technically, the ref should count that. And yeah. nowadays, the second someone sees that, that's all over Twitter. They're like, oh, watch job. So yeah, it is mad actually. That that just shows how invested I suppose everyone was, including yeah. like the likes of the ref and the likes of the performers as well. They're almost like yeah. a, a pure adrenaline. I'd say that is. Yeah, like yeah, like when you that yeah. that's like one negative thing, and then you look at the um the the performer itself, like no criticisms there. Like Devon and Bubba sell the idea that they were meant oh, to have yeah. had concussions from the previous night, and Edge and Christian doing the dirty yeah. cheap heel tactics the whole time. Excellent work. Yeah, like that. That's the thing. Another thing I miss about like wrestling from like from then, like that you don't really get anymore, is. Boray Dudley, I miss him. I miss him dearly because that man, he's he's just so good at selling. I don't know what it is about him. Like yeah. um, even like I don't know what it is. It's like funny. It's it's not this Royal Rumble, but it's the year after in 2002. There's a part where he's he's like picking Spike Dudley up off the ground and Taz like gives him a little kick to the head and he full 360 spins himself in midair. Like for such a big man, it just looks ridiculous, but. He's just great, and the fact that he's always playing this mean-looking fella and all, and he's always, like, battering the face off him and stuff, holding him in the corner. He was, even when he was a good guy, he was a heel almost, but he's just, oh, he's too good, like. For me, he was the stone cold of the tag division. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Yeah, it's one way of looking at him, yeah. <laughs> Let's go shout at him. <laughs> yeah. um, well, uh, we'll obsessed over Bubba Ray Dudley and his, and his selling uh, on that time as well, so that'll be in the wrong podcast. But um, what we'll do is uh, we'll move on to the next match because this one stole the show for me, probably for you as well, I don't know, but uh, Jericho yeah. against Benoit, ladder match in the Continental Championship. I, I'd stake a claim to say more. it's, their, it's really? their best <laughs> clash. It's, it's Benoit and Jericho's best clash. Benoit had the victories over Jericho from before. Um Really, really like a, a precursor to what those two men would go on to continue to do for the rest of their careers. Obviously, uh, 
you know, with what happened with um, Chris Benoit, but wow, every spot in that match was yeah. perfect. It was it, it. You could tell that these guys worked before, worked together before. Every exchange, every single one, fantastic. Yeah, everything had a, a place in the match as well. Everything had a, like a meaning behind it. Like uh, mm-hmm. I remember Daryl, you were saying about how they used the ladder. If you want to chat about that, there actually. Yeah, well, just before we go into that, like just before that match, the promo that they had set up for that as well. My God, like oh yeah, yeah. That all about you or anybody listening? But fuck me, man, I miss promos. They just tell you wouldn't have to know what's gone on for the last couple of weeks if you just see a promo like that before any match. It just gets you absolutely fucking pumped, and that is what's missing nowadays, man. Big time. But um, it is, yeah. Yeah, like just, just get, well, getting into the match then. Like, I know nowadays ladder matches, as you know, they're not the gimmick matches. That it's just they don't really use the ladders to me or chairs or whatever the match is. They don't use the actual uh, items enough. Like if you're looking at that Ben yeah. Juan Jericho match, how much they actually use the ladders is just fucking crazy. Like you had that infamous chair shot where. Benoit dives out of the out of the ring. Jericho cracks him. Oh yeah. Like. Oh yeah. God. Like that's still if you go on YouTube and you look at any clips, that's just you, you constantly see it. Like. Yeah. Um, classic footage. You like. do, yeah. The greatest chair shots of WWE. This, that, and the other. Oh, always there. <laughs> that one's up there with J- JBL and Eddie oh, Guerrero. The is, uh... Oh, that Judgment Day of Four chair shot. That's. <laughs> ridiculous that chair shot opens them like a fucking like a can of beans <laughs> <laughs> the young gazelle though um that ladder match though uh I, I, maybe it wasn't the first time they did this particular spot but i remember as a kid maybe i missed it a particular week or whatever but the, the ladder spot where, where jericho gets him in the wall was jericho i remember sitting there and watching that and i was like oh my god and when i watched it the other day I had that exact same reaction. I was like, that is just so clean looking. And yeah, like you can see, obviously, Benoit like grabbing Jericho's leg to kind of balance himself. But it's yeah, still yeah. just amazing. Like, and the, if you, like, you look at all the cameras going off, like all the light bulbs on the cameras, it's just crazy. And then you think, oh, yeah, Jesus, he's, oh, he's going to break him in half, this, that, and the other. And then literally two seconds later, he just dumps him off the ladder. <laughs> Benoit yeah. goes down. And then he has that, like, that veteran instinct, as they always say, or like, oh, he knows exactly where he is in the ring, the ring psychology. Jericho then, obviously, because he's not awards, he's climbing for the belt. And then Benoit just boots the ladder. It's that, so smart. Again, you don't see it used like that anymore. That is something that is is rife throughout the match. And I won't say it's like a, a complete lack of awareness or care for, for the physical body. We can talk more on a different cast about... Uh, you know where the failings of, of 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 the health you know the risk shall we say that the lads put themselves through back then but without the amount of care that the performers today have and namely down to the safety i, I totally get it but you will never be able to recapture things like Benoit getting a, a a tough to take submission on a on a tuesday night uh on top of a ladder the athleticism it requires for two men to get up and do that, and the three of us couldn't help each other do that, you know. Um, and then, and then the, the thing that, like you said, the thing that literally cinches it for me when you watch it as a kid, you would never spot it, but as an adult watching Benoit flat on his back, mind you, not for the first time in that match, um, or or even I think the last time, 
kicking kicking the ladder from the bottom so hard that Jericho gets his cue to tip and fall. Um, the the fall off the ladder spots happen a couple of times um, with Benoit being the perpetrator in two of them. And the bumps that that man had to take and then within seconds, it's not like nowadays where there might be a two-minute rest. Within seconds, a ladder gets kicked, Jericho gets pushed off, or like when Benoit goes for the missed headbutt. Like, you know, I, I've watched that frame by frame on my phone because it lets you do the slowdown thing. His forearms do not protect his face when it hits the center of the canvas. It ju- they just don't. Like, he hits that from the fucking 10 foot or whatever, and he hits it flat, and he hits it clean. Like, that's... You just... You can't recapture that today. It's amazing. Ah, fantastic. Yeah, it's literally the definition of putting your body on the line. And obviously, you had the likes of the Hardys, the Dudley's Nedge and Christian that did it on a nightly basis, but the likes of... Jericho Benoit and then even Core Angle when he was in that feud with them in 2000 um, when they were having these kind of matches these kind of guys you weren't expecting to go out and like, you were expecting them to steal the show in terms of wrestling or having a like a stellar match bell to bell but you weren't expecting them necessarily to be like oh Jesus Christ he's going to fly off of that now or he's going to go through a table or he's going to do this it was legitimately if it's, it's that old mentality if you're not forced you're last so yeah, they might not be opening the show and they might not be closing it, but they're going to basically make that the main event as best as they can. And yeah. it's a testament to every one of them, like, really. Yeah, like, that was the fucking main course um, for me. Like, that was just... Oh yeah, yeah uh, literally, yeah. Like, yeah. like but you were saying, Glenn, like, when uh, Benoit did that that spot, like, the flying head, but he missed it. Um, but I don't know if he's noticed, noticed that when Jericho pinned... Uh, Benoit underneath the ladder uh, Benoit lifted the ladder when he was pinned underneath the absolute fucking strength oh, to yeah. lift the ladder and Jericho on top oh, of it oh yeah it was like over his neck like he used to lifting it yeah. yeah like my god I, like looking at Benoit as well my god that man was absolutely jacked like was... shredded like at one point you see another ladder yeah. spot where I think it's Jericho comes off the ladder um, when Benoit's reaching for the belt and he he, he hangmans himself on the ropes with yeah. such force he bounces back pushes the ladder and like that sends Benoit out of ring I think if I remember correctly um, and I think that's yeah. actually this, one of the last spots of the match I think then Jericho climbs and Benoit struggles to get back in the ring and you know we talked in the in the previous match the tag team match about the selling and about the you know the performance like there's certain things you know it's not even subtle it's it's very obvious old school wrestling tales that were used for the ring and the sound profile of it and everything else like that. Um, you know, uh, wrestlers at the time would, you know, pop their feet. But Boba would be a perfect example of that. And then you take a look at uh, Jericho and Benoit, you know, even though some of the uh, some of the moves will be flat like a chop, you don't have to, you know, stamp your feet for a chop. But then for nearly every other pop, every other right hand, every like everything executed with such a level of precision like and then you have the selling work where Benoit gets dumped outside the ring and he sat there like he you know like if you had a camera on just him alone you'd legit believe he fucking burst along or bruised the rib or something and the title above the belt the title above the ring there meant fucking everything like that made that title feel yeah, more yeah. important on that night than the world than the world championship like than the WWF belt in my opinion yeah yeah, like, a, yeah, like that's, that's that was the, such an important belt, like. Mm. 
at the time. Yeah. It really was, and it was, it's. I know they always say like, um, what was it like the belt doesn't make the the man kind of thing or whatever. But like them lads literally made that belt what it was. Jericho, Benoit. Um, I know obviously like a few years before that, the likes to say Shawn Michaels and stuff. He's like he was a great um I say champ as well because he kind of gave it that exposure. Um, even Macho Man before him in the eighties or whatever. Um, people are like, oh, that's the main event. I hold that belt. And then if you look at it at the time with Jericho and Benoit, Benoit fought. I think The Rock the year before um, when he first came in like I think it was around October or something I think he fought The Rock for the WF title now he, he didn't win it obviously but again he's kind of well he's good in the ring he can he can hang with the big guys kind of thing and then the likes of Jericho as well like forced on the suit champion and stuff like that obviously it hadn't happened yet but you knew they were main eventers and you knew that belt like it's associated with people like that and then obviously years later like the Edge would get it and then you're like oh yeah in this and event that it's the belt meant so much to everyone and uh, and even to the likes of fans as well like Joel. Um, yeah. if you look through from roughly say ninety eight all the way up until maybe two thousand five, six, that belt was like them matches were the ones to watch, like even like later on, Randy Orton, Shelton Benjamin. Classic like do you know what I mean? Um it's crazy. This is something that um, can bother you as a modern fan. Yeah, well great match anyway, it went nearly ninety eight minutes actually. Um Sorry, I don't know if there's a delay on my end with, with maybe there being three seconds, four seconds delay. Sorry if we, if we appear to cut across anyone. No, 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 um, there's actually a, an audible gap on my end between uh, words, so apologies. Um, it, it's something that, as a as a, as a a modern fan compared to a historic fan, the Intercontinental title, and, and even, you know, sometimes, I suppose, in a way, the US and, and European, etc. And back then they weren't really seen as mid-card belts i don't feel i i kind of would have seen them as like an interim title to before you get your main title whereas i do feel that for like a lot of the late uh late 90s and, and early 10s the intercontinental belt did very much feel like a ah oh, well you're not going to get the the big the big belt so we'll give you this one this is the best you're going to do like yeah it's um, yeah, and that's that that yeah. diminishes the the value of it, and it definitely bothers me that like there's some there's some guys who've been multi-time or sometimes not even multi-time, just like two or one uh, time IC title holders, and it's like you're looking at these dudes and you're like, but why is it on him? He's never gonna you know become the become the the top guy, but we know that as fans, and that's that's actually upsetting, like you know. Yeah, like they said, they need like. They need to start bringing that like more into the kind of main event kind of picture frame. Like mm. everybody knows that the world title is yeah, it's always going to be there. But like I know they tried it a while ago with Cena when he had the US title. Like but like at the end of the day, the Intercontinental that's always been WWS, hasn't it? So you know, it's to me it seems like they lost focus on that and focus more on the US title, which is WCW, wasn't it? That was the WCW title. That's the yeah, the US title. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Seems like there's more focus on like an outside company's belt than what there is in their own kind of their, their own, own like, yeah, yeah, yeah. home red belt nowadays. But, uh, yeah, so look, what the fuck do I know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a multi-billionaire. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Um, so, well, so, so, I was gonna say, yeah. um, we'll move on to the next match just because. I knew we were going to spend a lot of time on that match anyway, just because it was so good. But um, 
we'll move on to the next one. It's only a short one anyway. I can't see us spending time on this, to be honest with you. Uh, Ivory against China. Ivory has Steve, Stephen Richards there. And um, she bet China. She she was the champ going in anyway, Ivory was. Um, yeah. Three and a half minutes. Um, these kind of matches kind of annoyed me around this time. And it wasn't because, oh, I didn't want to watch women's wrestling. It was shit. Some of the wrestlers were so good. Ivory, Jacqueline, later on, Jazz, China. These are all deadly. But I feel like they actually got more time weekly. Do you know what I mean? Like, like on an episode of Raw or SmackDown or even Heat or something, might feel like they'd have a better match. Um, Absolutely. Again, they suffer, yeah, they suffer from where they are in the card as well. Just that coming off that, like, basically show-stealing match. You don't want to be after that. Um, it was smart, I suppose, from, like, a perspective of, like, the card as a whole. It was a good kind of build because you had tag team titles, which was huge. Like, crowd loved it. Crowd were invested in Jericho and Benoit, ladder match for the whole thing. And then you knew they were going to need a the kind of breeder. So they're going to have then Ivory against China, which is a shame. But then it kind of leads in then to the, what you call it, the WWF title match, uh, Angle and Triple H, which then the crowd are invested again. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it just felt like a go for, go for your pace match. This is this is the problem with booking of that time though, and yeah. it's very evident. If you take a look, all of the major pay per views of 2001, 2002, some of 2000 as well, the break match the, the does not elevate storylines almost at all. Like yeah. yes, we got a uh, to a degree a China payout at that WrestleMania when she finally came back and uh, beat them, but the the booking you know it's gonna give you a, a C minus match anyway. Okay, fair enough. We can call it a write off and call it a break match. I have a bigger problem with the with the storyboard. Um, Jerry Lawler shouldn't have gone in the ring. They shouldn't have pushed so heavily on the whole. She, you know, injured her neck after the last injury that she had the year before. Um, I don't like it because the last time they made a scene like that, it wasn't for story purposes. It was own heart doing. Jerry Lawler hadn't gone into the ring and broken kayfabe like that. I don't think that was that was good. I think that's classic poor attitude era booking from the likes of K.E. Vic and fucking you know uh what's another example of just just like bad for the purpose of being bad not like for the purpose of suspense I think yeah like I just literally just you know like that was that was China's last year a lot of people forget she won the women's belt at Mania that year and then that was it we never got China left the company like so that's in so far as main event appearances within the women's scene, although none of them main evented any pay per views, yeah, poor taste. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just it, it felt unfair how a lot of them were treated in terms of what they could actually do in the ring. They were almost like obviously there was a, it wasn't there wasn't really a women's scene at the time apart from the likes of China. And um, even though the likes of Ivory could get in there and have a good match, and Jacqueline could have a good match, they didn't really care. All they wanted was are there divas now. These are, as we said earlier, like a piss break match. You can just give them three minutes there while the crowd are kind of relaxing. It's it is a shame. Um, it is ridiculous storyline wise as well. Like as you were saying, like um, it's just cheap, really. But as far as you can leave at that, like if if you do look at the scene, yeah. there is a spot where China and Ivory are in the crowd. Like the the crowd, how invested they are in China as well is. It's crazy. You wouldn't yeah. see them that invested now in a female superstar now. Like, if you look at how the crowd no. would react to a current female superstar, and then you look at China in that spot when she's in the crowd, like it's totally different. So it just shows how much she was over. 
But it's yeah, it's granted, yeah, it's just a bit of a you know, it's just a bit of a kind of waste really to yeah, match the match. Yeah. She really was like the rock though, wasn't she? She was like the rock of like the women's wrestlers, it was crazy. Um mm-hmm. like obviously like you'll get pops for the likes of say like Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch, obviously with the whole man gimmick, that was that was great for her. Like um Charlotte gets a big reaction, but again it's not consistent. China go out there every night and the crowd will lose their mind for um and it was funny because even when she started with the, the whole DX thing and she was just almost like an enforcer and people were like, Whoa, the size of this bitch here, like she's just so big and intimidating, like um and then you see her like close like, the head off like the rock or something and you're like, Whoa, we yeah. got she can move. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, I she won the she won the European belt, the IC belt. She was the first woman to enter the Royal Rumble. The, the fucking she's a, she's a better yeah. she's a better CV on her than most of the fucking male superstars working for the company today. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> should have got the treatment she deserved, you know. Fucking, uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that's a bit of salt. Uh, what's what was the next match you were saying, Warren? That was the the big match, was it? Uh, the next big match. Uh, the next match then, yeah, the next big match then was uh, Core Angle defending his WF title against Triple H. And that was during that storyline where um, Angle had Trish with him because of the whole thing with Triple H backstage and a few other bits that happened there. Uh, Steph was with Triple H. Um, this match, obviously, like, when you hear them two lads, like, you know it's good anyway. But uh, it, it's physical. It's it's very physical. Like, I wasn't expecting them to go that hard. Do you know what I mean? Like... And I don't mean like oh, chairs, tables, or anything like that. I just mean like from the get go, uh, Triple H absolutely puts uh, literally like a smackdown on. I'm not even just doing a pun there. He literally beats the living shit of Core Angle. Like, oh, yeah. outside the ring, he's into the steps, um, to the spot with a chair as well. He just walks Angle's leg down to nothing as well. Which he walks that leg league. perfectly. Um, like what's a figure four Indian deadlock? Heaps of smashing his leg yeah. off ring posts. There's you fucking name it. Um, the fact that you know, I suppose in kayfabe, the fact that Angle could walk is a, is a, is a shock. But uh, lots of good work done there. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, just selling pretty take, good. Yeah, it, if you look at Angle, right, you might not kind of pick up on it, but Angle from his first televised appearance. Was he's only in the company fourteen months? Yeah, yeah. Like he he was, he was he held the European Championship, the IC Championship at the same time, one King of the Ring, and then he's main eventing like at the Royal Rumble. Or well, having yeah. a title match at Triple H, like it's just and how well he sells and performs in that match is just fucking crazy. Considering it's just over a year, like that he's actually wrestling. Yeah, so, yeah, he had a crazy good year. Like nobody has ever had a year like that. I don't think. I think the only person who comes close in, in my mind is Lesnar. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. And then he was catapulted over all yeah. of the on the on the card belts. Like he didn't. This was at a time True. where it was you were where the mid card was getting more established because of all the WCW bleeding. Um, but back then, two thousand one. Like, if you look at the entire roster in 2001 prior to the acquisition, like, yeah, there was some ECW mainstays. They were all WWF, and they were all homegrown. They, there wasn't, you know, Hulk Hogan's and, and fucking legacy stars from the 80s, really. Like, they were established throughout the 90s. They had their, their personas only created in the last five years, four years, maybe, and, and, and concreted yeah. down. And fucking Angle was up there with them. Angle was up with lads who had been working for the company yeah. for... for 
three times as long as he has and fucking five times as long in in in, uh, in the industry you know like fuck it that fair play yeah. to him like I think um, one of Angle's first matches, um, like on an episode of Heat, I think it was, it was actually yeah, against Don Hart. I'm just going to look that up. Was it, was it, was it not against your man, Tiger Ali Singh, no? Well, no, that was his... I think, his yeah, that was his first match, I think, yeah. Yeah, he got uh, he got Angle to come in and, what was it, it was like $500 to blow his nose in the American flag or something like that. I think, <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think a match then went on from there. I think... Um, but yeah, that was. That's a great. Uh, that's a great match that indicates the kind of the sign of um, the crowd that they were dealing with at the time, because although Angle was technically the face, I guess you could say, out of the obviously Triple H was the heel, the crowd didn't seem to mind who was doing what as long as shit was happening. Um, what is everyone's opinion on Stone Cold's involvement? I know he had that storyline with Triple H from the year before and that. Um, yeah. But when you when you look at the year in retrospective, not just Royal Rumble, but when you look at the year and look at what happened with, with Triple H and Stone Cold's storyline, which did not lead and culminate a two-man power trip, I don't know how mad I am about it. It, it spoiled his return. That was his return at the Royal Rumble. And yeah. instead of him making his return, getting the pop, coming out, at the Rumble, he just makes an interference into the match, which just cheapened yeah. the pop. Like it's, it, yeah, he got a great pop at the Rumble, but you know, I think it could have been way more if, um, you know, oh, he, yeah. he got out in that match. Like, yeah, like so his first entrance, or you know, he's appearing after so long, and it's just the attack Triple H, you know, no music, no none. So yeah, I think considering how quick yeah, Angle it, dropped it, the belt, it, it would have made yeah. more sense to leave. That match ending with it uh, close to the wire for both of them, um, especially with the promo Triple H gave the very next night, like they didn't exactly have to pick that back up that minute, you know the way like that that same level of story consistency doesn't even exist today, um, and in a sense of irony, if they had today's mentality back then, they could have ended up with two very very good, um, consistent kind of flows to two different storylines there because like. You know, 2001, based on the Royal Rumble pay-per-view alone, could have gone any direction. WrestleMania could have had fucking Angle and Benoit in it, fighting over the belt. You know that way? Like, considering them two were feuding later on that yeah. year, like, it could have been any way, any which way, you know? Um, yeah. Like, just looking as well into the, you know, into the match, like, there's so many spots in that match that were... Nowadays, they'd look like just kind of basic moves, like uh, angled uh, arm drag from the top rope to yeah. Triple H, uh, like the overhead belly to belly, like looks so effective. If anybody did that now, it'd be just like, nah. But like when the, when they were doing it, when Angle was doing it, like it looked like a proper, oh fuck, that was a, that was a bad old hit, like to, to Triple H or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's like the, the basic moves. You never looked at it back then, but when you're looking back at it now, you're like, fuck me, man. They, they sold them well. They did them well. But if you look at any kind of wrestlers nowadays, not all of them, but some of them that try to just do basic meals, you know, they can't. It doesn't look like they're they're making it effectively. Yeah, like, yeah, considering... Like, um, sorry, like, Angle was polished. Do you know what I mean? He was, like, 
everything he did was polished. The likes of Triple H, obviously the the rest of the lads as well, the main eventers and stuff, they were polished to a degree when it came to it. Like when they're in the ring and they do like a basic move, whether it's an arm drag, whether it's a hip toss or a, a belly to belly or any sort of suplex, it was like crisp. It had like a snap to it, and you're just like, oh. Whereas nowadays, not even just nowadays, obviously like like after kind of the attitude as well, um, coming into like say the late 2000s so maybe like oh eight oh nine and stuff like that you had lads then starting to do stuff and it was almost like we need to get all my shit in and yeah. do this 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 and then it's flat yeah exactly yeah yeah it's kind of like when when all of your standard moves are finishers from the last 15 years like yeah. i'm waiting on the day when lads start doing um what are they called attitude adjustments and rkos so, or like FUs or whatever. Yeah, I'm waiting on lads to start doing those move, just like, as yeah, a normal yeah. move. Like, like, oh my god, he got him with the fireman carry slam. Like, people are gonna be looking at that going, what? Um, and I think you kind of you do see it a lot with like the high flyers and 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 the kind of the very athletic kind of what would you say the ricochets and that. Um, you know, hundred super kicks yeah. later and that. Uh, but when you compare it to back then, like it's it's mad. Some some wrestlers nowadays have it. I think like uh, Braun Strowman. Does a power slam. He's a big guy. Don't want him coming down on top of you. That's going to hurt. Um, but yeah. back then, finishers definitely, like, the crowd stands up for Triple H's first pedigree attempt, and he doesn't get it. And he doesn't yeah. he doesn't land the pedigree that, at all. So, like, there's suspense building for the one finisher, because it is a finisher, you know? So all of those basic moves, like, as Daryl was describing, they actually do matter. Because it's like Shahid's he's kicking shit out of his leg he's not gonna you know that's that's what you're paying attention to for now you're waiting on the big one exactly yeah like if, if someone in in 2021 if someone loses a match to a super kick or a canadian destroyer i'll eat my hat i literally will because i feel yeah. like it's, they're not finishers anymore yeah. <laughs> no 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 you got dustin rose like most... in in AEW, like hitting them like just mid-match like a Canadian destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pete Williams. When Pete Williams hit that, like before, like when he came with that, like oh fuck me, man, what what's he after just doing? And now it's just like yeah, yeah like it's like that match there. It's just like a belly to belly, or it's a it's such a bog standard move. Like it's not finishing anybody. It's Which just is really disappointing, it. isn't it? Because like the crowd pop for Angle uh, rolling up Triple H at one point. He does a small package, and the crowd is like, oh shit, that could actually yeah. happen. Whereas nowadays, the most successful finisher in 2020, statistically speaking, was a roll-up. That won more matches than any finisher. <laughs> yeah. But that's good yeah. storytelling. You know it's what I mean? Like they're, yeah, they're true, feeding true. You, they're feeding you and they're building you from every move. That you, that you're just wearing someone down and then you're hitting your finisher. The likes of like nowadays, it's just like yeah. you can hit absolutely everything. Like Back then, you do a move onto the outside, like... Or from the top rope, like damn, wait, this is this is coming close to the end. Like yeah. now, it's just it's just fucking high flying. You're, there's no break. It's just constant fast pace. This is just slow, good storytelling. Yeah. Building finish as well. So yeah, I thought it was a deadly match. Um, and as well the way it ended with Stone yeah, Cold, great, yeah. when it, like he hits he hits Triple H with the stunner or whatever. He's in the ring, takes Hebner ages to get up and go to count the pin. And you're like, all right, it's taking too long. Triple H is going to get up, but he doesn't. And it's just, it just shows the effectiveness of this whole Stone Cold Stunner. And uh, yeah, like how much Triple H is worn out over the match and stuff like that. So yeah, that was fucking pretty good. Yeah, 
it was just yeah it was perfect like how it's like how them things are sold back then and like sold and how effective they are as you said yeah like the, the looks of a finisher is a finisher they're not getting up like when a ref takes a bump he's not gonna you're not gonna see him like oh yeah uh, pop back up there yeah down <laughs> he fucking went head first into the steps because the angle fell on him like yeah you know like yeah. well, he got thrown in with triple h but like he did really fall on him like you can fucking see it like yeah yeah um, it did look pretty so <laughs> i will i will say yeah, it did, for, yeah poor, poor. for the fucking for the refs uh hebner you know he has his flaws definitely has flaws definitely the fucking template to go for at the time like there's certain things triple h does that are cheap shit heel and hebner like half catches them all the time and is like right pointing at the badge and fucking getting in his face and all like that's that's good reffing like it's just it's fucking showman you know it is yeah because at the end of the day like i know they say it's not it's not ballet and it's not this and the other but at the end of the day it is more of a dance it's like a show you watch it so that's where this build works that's where this referee works that's where this works it needs to work together it needs to be cohesive or else you're getting bored of it and just yeah. to kind of touch on like the likes of the, a million and one canadian destroyers happening now or a million and one super kicks if I went to a wrestling show, if AEW are doing a show tomorrow or WWE were doing a show tomorrow and I'm sitting there and I, I'm watching a match and if I take my phone and I'm pissing around on my phone or I go do something with it on and I come back and someone's like, oh my God, you missed a Canadian Destroyer. Oh, you missed Super League. Well, I'll see you at 10 more. Whereas if I went to a show back then and I missed a stunner, I'd probably cry. I'd probably genuinely cry. I'd be like, this isn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. You'd, yeah. you'd pray you get to see the replay. Yeah. <laughs> Really, that's for nearly an hour in already. It's actually mad. So, um, right, so rumble we'll, time, we'll boys. The main event. Yeah, yeah, before we go into the main event, <laughs> so before we go into the main event, just please, this is building up to the rumble. Appreciate Howard Finkel. My god, that man is sorely, oh, sorely missing. Oh, yeah, oh, he is yeah, he's amazing. Amazing. Never gonna be another one like him. But listen, oh. and I know Tony Chimmel comes close every now and then, but. Oh my god. <laughs> and Tony Chimmel's only claim to fame is fucking rated R superstar. You know, like go away. Yeah. <laughs> the thing no uh, all of it and more. <laughs> oh yeah, Howard Howard's the balls, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, uh Royal Rumble, um two thousand one Royal Rumble. The actual rumble match, Whopper. Um the, the best. whole event obviously it's it, yeah, it is. It's it's probably well earned as well. Like, and I'm just looking at the list of lads that were in it. There's so many like big names. There's, the only rumble that I think kind of compares to this one in terms of star power would actually surprisingly be probably 2007 because that had like the looks of an, like an age and Undertaker in it, you know what I mean, and stuff like that. But um, this is a the like, crazy stack of rumble. Um, this is the one where Kane actually eliminates like a load of people as well, isn't it? That's this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, he pulls an Austin at one point, and he it's it's actually hilarious, right? So there's a there's a there's a big big old grapple fest going on, and it's it's almost as if he didn't even get a cue for it. He just said, "Ah, fuck these lads, Perry Saturn, Steve Blackman, fucking like he just goes, yeah, he, dumps he, them he out. Al Snow, Raven. He's standing in the ring by himself, and it takes another yeah. say eight minutes, I think, for a ring fill to happen, where he's getting he's getting assaulted like he's getting starting to get bashed and it looks like he's going out and then taker comes in and taker clears half kane clears half and the two of them are just like well now we wait and uh yeah, yeah it's literally, uh, yeah. unreal Boston, oh, what was your uh, he was, was the your iron man 
favorite spots in it. Yeah. Um, oh. I, in fairness, although it's not necessarily a spot, Bradshaw in that Royal Rumble, like he was in it for ages. He was yeah, in that yeah. Rumble for a long time, and yeah. he kind of bossed it as well. Like if it wasn't for Kane being that Iron Man that that year, um, like I'm looking at it there, Kane lasted 53 minutes and 46 seconds with mm. 11 eliminations. That's just yeah. It, like since we're doing the retrospective, lads, gonna throw the two That's cents in the pot. Time. That could have been that could have been Kane's that could have been Kane's year for for a Mania main event easily. Absolutely easily, like Rock and Austin yeah, actually didn't need to happen the way it happened. Like it, it actually didn't. Considering they did it again, uh, two years later, could have just yeah. been a match. Didn't have to be for yeah. a title. Kane could have beat um, Triple H or Angle. Could have beat them both in a triple threat. I mean, um, yeah, fuck me. Kane, Kane stole stole the show in the Rumble. Um, so far as uh, yeah. superstars went, uh, Bradshaw actually hits a really nasty clothesline. I think it's on the Rock. After oh, like, yeah. the Rock yes. hits Kane with a clothesline, <laughs> and the thing is, the Rock runs at Kane and jumps over him to hit it. But then Bradshaw stands still yeah. and is like clothesline, and the commentators have to actually go, "Oh, that's a clothesline from hell." He doesn't yeah. even move; he just stands well, still. I literally, just sent that to Warren just before we got on this call. I sent that to Warren. I was like, "My God, yeah. what the fuck?" Absolutely, yeah. 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 he throwed him. He could throw him that man. Oh yeah, um, <laughs> the noise. I wouldn't mind that like for a good five minutes ish probably more nearly ten it becomes the rock becomes the smallest man in that ring like it's it's Bradshaw Albert yeah. Test Kane and fucking uh, big, show. Who's it? big show yeah big show fucking big show goes on tearing and oh man I do feel bad for the big show two years in a row <laughs> and I wouldn't mind when he reached the rock out yeah, yeah, man, there was yeah. carnage in the ring at that point. That's definitely uh, yeah. gives you the Rusev vibes. That was uh, really good. <laughs> but like, The Rock deserved a bit of a break, though. Chap was absolutely sweating buckets. Me and Will Kane and Undertaker I just sat there like two big lads, two big biker boys. But uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's two, um, the there's probably two people. Two? Oh, The Rock, yeah, yeah, he lasted uh, it. must have been a half an hour. I'll check now. Hang on, I have the thing. Yeah, yeah, nearly forty minutes. Yeah, because yeah, Kane clears the ring before the rock gets down. Yeah. Oh yeah, fuck. Yeah, it does actually. Yeah. Um, there's a point in it as well. Like, you probably, you probably wouldn't look at it. Um, but Val Venus, my God, just if anybody is gonna watch this after listening to this, just look at that man selling in that rumble. Like, I never looked at Valvinus like that. But, my God, the way he sells in that match is fucking crazy. And Hardcore Holly. My God, oh, yeah. that man has muscles on oh, fucking oh, yeah, muscles. Yeah. Christ it, almighty. It looks like Hardcore Holly was carved out of the pyramid. Like... How he never got this far forward? Like, for a title run, kind of, or, or whatever. It's just... Or did he? Maybe I'm wrong. But, no. The closest he, he had like a small shot for against Lesnar, um, yeah. But that's because Lesnar legitimately broke the fucker's neck, like. Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's all it was, but yeah, no. The, the likes of yeah, like um, some of them kind of like mid card lad. The likes of like Venus, obviously, he had a few kind of title rounds. I think in the Continental Championship a few times, and uh, which call it European. But the likes of a hardcore Holly, I would happily watch a hardcore Holly title run 
just for the fact that it's different and I know he's great in the ring. It's like Billy Gunn. He would have been deadly with the title, I think, because he won the King of the Ring before and he got nothing out of it. Like. Yeah. To be fair, I think I think Billy Gunn, Billy Gunn was a classic example of uh, more than you need at the time. Like, if Billy Gunn had been around yeah. in, in the way that he looked and the way that he was five years before or five years after, he would have been a megastar. But the fact was, he was going up against everyone at the time who was fucking le- like next 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 level like they were making mini hogan's out of all of them like even if you look at like daryl hit on the head earlier angles 14 months in he's already holding the belt sure he doesn't get to keep up until mania but like they had what looked like a plan that should atten go in the way that it went and they lost a lot of their talent say fucking taker gets hit by a bus and Kane, Triple H, and The Rock all hightail it out to, to New Japan or WCW or something. Like, they could have put Angle in the, you're at the next Hogan slot. And it looked like each one of them could have been prepared for that, you know? Um, yeah. And it, and it's mad. Like, the oh man, the Royal Rumble back then was so fucking stacked. Um, shit. <laughs> so good. <laughs> it's, imp- it's impressive, look. Like. Um, Test. Yeah. There's another one. I think obviously he didn't get his moment in the Rumble. Um, that year, mind you, um, he's another guy I think could have could have been a top guy. Oh, big time! Yeah, Test from 2000 to t- early 2003, insane in the ring. Like some oh, yeah. of the moves he pulled off as well for a big fella, ridiculous. And he moves so quick as well. Um, I was only fast watching like 2002 there recently. Fast big boot round. So good. Yeah, literally, it just comes out of nowhere with it, like. And the fact he wrestled in leather bumps, fair balls, you chap. I'd be sweating. I wouldn't be able to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the worst stop, thing about test. Oh, stop. <laughs> Absolute bog arse going around. Oh, yeah. What's that? I, I love to... test. And it's sad the way like he obviously he died just, I think it was like a heart issue or something. He died whatever, a few years back. But uh, it's, it's a shame like he. He never got that kind of that yeah that moment in the sun that rope but yeah, yeah that's I think that's one of the 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 regrets if if I ran the company that would be one of my regrets would be like why did I not even give him a chance for that belt gentlemen or even main events to begin with like he had kind of close enough with Triple H when they were like fighting over Stephanie for a bit but again that wasn't obviously for a title and it wasn't really main eventish and um, they didn't really go that long but I get I get yeah. the I get the impression like, he's a small yeah you know it, it, what was like, it. Take, they're spoiled. They were spoiled for choice back then. Like you, you had the likes of so many. They really were, yeah. They're like, well, if they weren't there, yeah, maybe he he would have easily been him, Billy Gunn, as you said. Like, yeah, they would have been probably they would have been running the show. But the, the thing is, T- Test had had so many contrasts and, and comparisons that you can make to someone like Triple H. And um, I think it was just a case of Test had too small a personality for 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 the company. I'd say if he had had the yeah, m- mindset and ego, yeah. Like if he if if you took Triple H's brain and put it in test and vice versa, then you would have had what you had with with the complete flip around. Like that's all it was. And um, because the dude's look was was fine, you know. Like there was no problems there. Like a fucking big dude shredded the usual, you know. Um, yeah. It, it's it's actually mad when you're watching the Royal Rumble because it almost it, you could almost take that in three three separate meals as as a. a <laughs> as itself because you the first the first set you have your you know your 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 hardy boys um excellent you know tease the brother versus brother thing really really good yeah. and then it turns into a hardcore match 
Like, no two ways about it. There's there's six minutes there, no eliminations, straight up hardcore match. Fucking Grandmaster Sex A, Al Snow, Raven. It's just Damn. anarchy in the ring, like absolute anarchy. Yeah. Um and then obviously after your hardcore match you have the rest of your <laughs> Yeah. He just says fuck yous and, and then you get the rest of the what was it? <laughs> who was it came in after to try and eliminate came before Undertaker? Was it the good father? Bull Buchanan yeah. gone and all by that point. Um, yeah, I think yeah. he's gone, yeah. You had, had a handful of them, like, and uh, obviously, did, yeah. Hardcore, Ollie, Crash Ollie, all them lads were in there, and like that, Kane Undertaker, just clear house. Um, I do feel bad for the Takamich and Oku spot going to Sky Too High that year. Poor bastard. Fucking double chop <laughs> yeah, slam and then sent out. Sent the orb. Poor cunt. <laughs> Uh, that Takamich and Oku bumped out from uh, Royal Rumble 2000, was it? When he gets flung out a few times, but then he gets one and he dislocates his shoulder and he breaks his jaw. He gets, and he he gets a concussion. <laughs> he gets oh, a concussion. Yeah. Yeah, literally. Look up Takamich and Oku getting eliminated <laughs> from the Royal Rumble 2000. To be honest, you could probably just Google his name and it'd be the force result. Like, it's it's synonymous with the blow click. Um. Oh, I wow. actually tweeted it the other day. I, somebody put up like, "What was the sickest bump from a Royal Rumble?" And I put that on it. It was just, it's just crazy. He literally does a full front flip, and because he's front flip and he can't put his hands down in time, and shoulder dislocates, gets concussed, bad end, <laughs> bad end of oh, Nakamichi right. Noku. Yeah, that that one, that one definitely reaches. It absolutely reaches. Um, so yeah, then the, the the Royal Rumble finished. Now, obviously, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Top guy. <laughs> yeah. What do we think about uh, in 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 retrospect of the year? Like not just if you were to look at that Royal Rumble as the the very last wrestling pay per view ever, and that's how it ended. Yeah. Great. You don't need to sign it off. There you go. You know, fucking Rock gets eliminated, then Kane gets clotheslined over by Austin. You know, gets gets his return. There we go. He's going to Mania. Um. But in terms of the rest of that year, obviously we have a lot to cover. But yeah. Rock and Austin, oh, just, uh, yeah, there is a lot. Yeah, lots of the jets that what happened after kind of thing. But the likes of I oh, have this weird thing with Royal Rumbles where if I, it's like when Triple H won it, like whatever meant years ago, like four or five years ago or something, we won it randomly. Um, but not randomly. Yeah, twenty sixteen uh, against uh, Reigns, he. It, it, the title was on the yeah. line and he last eliminated the title, yeah yeah because they made that stipulation because yeah. Reigns yeah. won it off so Shane, I have a weird yeah I, I just have a weird gripe at Royal Rumbles sometimes when when someone who's already an established main eventer and they don't like Austin already has an angle to go into do you know what I mean he already has a Triple H issue and now technically he has a core angle issue and you know we'll always have the Rock as like a backup if need be um he, he doesn't need the Royal Rumble, do you know what I mean? Um, like, Drew McIntyre won it last year. That makes sense, do you know what I mean? He's yeah. already basically an established star, and now just send him to the moon, go for it. Steve Austin already, technically, if if we're talking about trips to the moon here, he's already had to, and this is a tour trip to the moon. Where the fuck do you need that, like, really? Um, yeah. But, uh, like, it was a great Rumble, but I feel like someone else technically could have benefited from it, or even if you had a... Um, well, obviously, they, weren't gonna, they were never going to do a multi-man kind of title match, I suppose, at WrestleMania. But as you said earlier, like if they had got Kane to win it, and then say even Kane and Angle, like if if he had to carry the belt to Mania, 
Oh, you'd watch it. I'd take that yeah. to be honest with you. Like yeah, you said yourself, the tri- Triple H had his problem with Austin. I think in terms of you know, looking at like storytelling from a calendar year point of view, Austin should have been fucked out of that rumble by Triple H. And then their feud continues to me. Yeah, like he attacked on the way down, didn't he? Yeah, did uh, he not have yeah. a, a feud with uh, Rikishi as well? Going on. He did, yeah. Oh yeah, that was yeah, that was the that was yeah. the interim yeah. feud, and then he closed off his feud with uh, Triple H before the match with uh, Rock because in the promo for that year's WrestleMania, um, between Rock and Austin, ninety five percent of the of the you call it the matchup fucking um material was all Rock Austin Angle Triple H because Rock was feuding with Angle over yeah. the belt, yeah. Triple H was still trying to be in that picture, Austin was fucking him over, um. And and this is actually something that really bothers me because when you look at the pre-invasion uh, months, Triple H doesn't end up getting the belt from Angle. He doesn't really win his feud with Austin. Austin becomes the main title holder and only because oh, he's a heel does Triple H and Austin team up. Was it? I think Triple H interrupts the Rock and Austin's match, climbs into the steel cage and beats the shit out of Rock yeah. with Austin. Yeah, like... What a weird foot! Like, there's what three months, January February match, three months of, of yet, yeah, well established good guy long legacy. Like Austin didn't need it. We know what we're saying that now, but like, what the fuck? Tri- like, yeah. and what land does Triple H live in where you know he's dating the fucking boss's daughter and all that other story driven shit? And he sat there thinking, yeah, this is the top guy I need to beat. Better join. What? Yeah, you tried yeah, to get him killed like I six months ago. I don't know why. I love it because Jeff Hardy won the belt and then Matt Hardy failed. That was yeah, true, uh, true. The, the IC belt and uh, yeah, that was tasty. But uh, yeah, uh, Kane should have won the rumble. That's 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 my that's my take on two thousand one. Uh, what yeah. you, Do you have any? Yeah, 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 I kind of agree with that. Yeah, like, look, you're setting them up for doing all this, then just to be eliminated. You know, it's mm. just, yeah. And then as well, just one, one other thing. Like Taz, he's in and he's straight back out. You know, that's that's a guy yeah. who a year ago made his made. His, I think he made his debut the year before. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, on, yeah. a guy that just was gonna be a big one as well. But again, they were probably just two. Spoil for a choice, really. Ah, what we do with them? Ah, just just put them in as a filler. Yeah, this is a, that's a classic yeah. example of WWE booking. Like you look at it a lot in the modern era. Taz beats the current WWE champion twelve months prior in his debut, gets yeah. knocked out of Rumble in eleven seconds by Kane. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what did hey, he quick. do in a year? Like, did he go from the age of twenty nine to thirty fucking nine to thirty eight? Like, what? What did we miss? It's only been twelve months. He wasn't yeah. licking ass, probably. That's why. So See, he couldn't reach. That's why he couldn't reach. Say, Taz is a man with a tiny tongue. <laughs> 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 I meant his actual body in in, in total. Chap looks about four or four. No, he's obviously not. But he looks about four or four. Six foot fourteen, probably. This gives me <laughs> height. <laughs> pretty certain the same height as him, so. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's another point in that where uh, Kay Quick gets referred to as a, a young rookie yes and 29 at the time this is his first Royal Rumble and the chap is still fucking 
legging it around now at what, like 50, <laughs> 50, 50 yards? 53, yeah, I think he is, isn't he? Oh, my God. Is he 53? I think he's, he's, he's definitely over 50. I know that because it's a. Oh. There was a. He's, yeah, Google him there. He's fucking. He's like, he's old. Like, hey, get, Jamie, oh, Jamie, put that up there. <laughs> he's fucking like because I remember there was a thing about it being like he's he's he was what it's same age or older than Triple H or some shit um yeah he's 49 49 40 40 look what? at that head of hair man oh, yeah. Ron the truth killings and why did me with red lots do you know I've noticed something though <laughs> whenever they refer to someone because I think it's uh King refers to K Quick as kid. He's like this, you know, up and coming kid. And I just noticed they don't refer to kid based on the fucking their age. Jesus Christ, lads! That's some do rag. What? Oh, oh, oh did I share the screen? Yeah. Thank God <laughs> that was a Aaron Gary. Ronnie Aaron Killings. <laughs> I'll go in the gallery, Warren Gary. Here, if you hit new tab there and just type in the, the letter P for me, will you? No, hang on, I'll, I'll just show you. Now. <laughs> hey, type in hog and see what comes out, Warren. No, just been absolutely getting the Discord uh, tutorials up on YouTube. Can't wrap it. Oh, that's bad. That's true. What's that? Your woman? What was that? Go back. What was it? How to four ball a pair, Warren? Leave that off the stream, will you? <laughs> <laughs> Chap, this is only the second episode of the podcast. We're gonna get kicked off Spotify. Oh, we're we speaking like that. <laughs> we're we're uh, speaking very respectfully of. Uh, of um, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think that's a tidy Royal Rumble. Um, any any real negative take homes? Anything that really rustles your jimmies? No, man, that's the first pay per view that I've watched really. from start in the last easily ten years, man. Usually it's just highlights, so yeah, if you're going to watch a pay-per-view, if you want to get back into wrestling, you need to be bouncing on that, because that will bring yeah. back. It's a hell of a pay-per-view to get back into. So, yeah, the only thing is, you're going to see things now a little bit differently. Yeah, <laughs> you'll, you'll realise how yeah. irritating it is to actually see Crash Holly in a ring, but also feel guilty for even feeling that, because, you know, he's dead. Yeah, no. Brown bread as well. Mm. it's actually mad a load of the wrestlers that were in that Royal Rumble a load of them are you know not wrestling anymore oh yeah 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 sure Val Venus is like a weird seller now or something isn't he like he makes his own weed and sells it and all sorts of stuff like that like legally you know before you said the word seller I thought you were calling Val Venus a weed I was like dude I I wouldn't he'd come and (laughs) shit on you and take your take your woman like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Perry Saturn as well, homeless, looking. Yeah, wrestling for McDonald's and all. Yeah, what the fuck, man? Sad, Actually, yeah. It was a, yeah. one final bump that was in that uh, that Royal Rumble. Honky Tonk Man comes in and came oh. up. He creases on with a guitar. My <laughs> God. Fair play to him for taking that one because that was harder than any guitar shot from Jeff Jarrett. Ever that was yeah easily. <laughs> I think he was still playing when he got killed with that thing, was it? Yeah, absolutely stomped. 
Um, yeah. There's another there's another great one where when Big Show's clearing house, he lifts up. It's ah oh, fuck. It's it's one of the lawyer lads. He lifts him up just before he chokes Sam's Kane, and he's so certain of himself and how good he feels he looks in the ring, chokes Sam and these dudes that he launches your man up, holds him by the chest, not even the neck, and then looks up at the Titantron to see himself in the camera. And then sticks his tongue out in this sharp <laughs> smile and then just collapses to the ground onto his knees and hours our man into the ground. And I watching it back a second time, I'm like, whoever got paid to take that choke slam should have got a bonus just for taking that particular choke slam. Cause like that's taller than a fucking ladder. Like, oh man, hard bumps. Yeah. Hard yeah. bumps. Big so big shot choke slams were deadly. Oh yeah. stop. He was getting people came. I think he, he got kind of gets the rock with a beautiful one that rumble as well, beautiful. Yeah. Hello. They got Netflix, uh, mate. What is it? He's on Netflix making comedies now. I think. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah, yeah. The Big Show show or something like that. <laughs> What's legend? Yeah. Staying uh, busy. Hell of a show. Really good. Definitely good? worth the watch. <laughs> no, 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 the Royal Rumble warrior. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, I tell you, it's about the big show show on Netflix. It feels like we're plugging that show as well, because I keep saying the full title of it. I keep saying the big show show on Netflix. So what I feel like... It's, it's actually called the big show show. It's on Netflix. The big show show on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Harris Heller would be like, uh, Stream Beats is your favourite copyright-free music to use on your stream. <laughs> getting all getting all the secondary revenue please <laughs> sponsor oh, us yeah my revenue is popping now is. <laughs> uh, well, Gary, uh, do the honours yes yeah. call yeah, this up we'll, we'll, we'll wrap this up nicely now yeah so uh, let's see so that was the Royal Rumble 2001 our thoughts and opinions theories and stuff like that on it um we all enjoy that anyway. Um, I don't know if you want to rate it. I personally would give it a 9. And the only reason why I wouldn't give it a 10 was because I wanted to see more of Haku's big, beautiful mane of hair. But it oh, yeah. wasn't to be. Yeah. So that's... Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that. What would, yeah, what would you give it? Oh, absolutely 9. One thing was missed out, but it was Eddie Guerrero. No, no sign of him in that. Maybe no. it was an injury. Not too yeah. sure. But he wasn't in it. But yeah. I can't um, remember, yeah. Yeah. Must look into it. Um, but yeah, hell of a show. Yeah, easily nine as well. Yeah. So yeah, as yeah. far as Royal Rumble matches go, I'm gonna give that like Royal Rumble match an absolute ten. As far as uh, pay per views go, and like a, it's mostly the criticisms that I said earlier, I'll give it a solid seven point nine. And and that's mostly down to how uh, we got the low class China angle and some needless filler went in 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 between. Like the se- some of the segments were kind of just a little bit shy, you know, and uh, more more Jericho and Benoit would, would have been would have been nice. Yeah, that's some point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's alright. My hard man to your opinion at the end of the day. Oh yeah, <laughs> well someone has to come up with the the Simon Cowell opinions of the group and get absolutely slated by yeah, uh, listeners. Yeah. So <laughs> well, it might as well be me. Don't worry, yeah, my favourite favourite matches. T-shirt anyway. Oh, I'm wearing a queen top. I'm gonna absolutely get slaughtered by the masses. <laughs> queen, queen top and a pair of tighty whities. 
Oh no, they're my favourite grey cotton yeah. ones. So the only uh, pair of pants that make me look even remotely attractive to myself. <laughs> right, I think that's a that's a good place to. Uh, and a pair of Orgs. Yeah, we'll leave it there. Yeah, yeah so I'm, wearing basically... me, I'm wearing my boots. I'm wearing my fucking. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's see. So, right, an hour and five. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'll just wrap this up then. So, that was our thoughts, opinions, all sorts, little world number review, I suppose. Um, seeing it through fresh eyes kind of nowadays, because obviously it happened in 2001, many, many moons ago now. Um, so, it was good actually sit down there and just watch that again. Like, um, I'm sure we'll go through the rest of the tales one as well if we're at the start of the Royal Rumble. But um, what we will do next is um, obviously the, the Royal Rumble itself is coming up now on the weekend. So probably Saturday we'll try to jump on. If not Friday night, and we'll probably bang it up on Saturday. But we'll do our Royal Rumble 2021. Jesus. Uh, 2021 predictions. Um, who we think will win. I think, I think what we should do is we should do who we think will win the men's and women's Royal Rumble. Who we think will be the final four in each Rumble. Who you think will have the most nominations and who you think will last the longest? I think that'd be a good idea, personally. So, yeah. if you use a rope for that, we'll do that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Is there any prize? Yeah. No. Uh, uh, the prize is a big old virtual pat on the back. That's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the prize gets a mystery, uh, no longer has a barcode GameStop keychain. So. An LOL. <laughs> <laughs> now the real prize, the real prize, I tell you now, boys, is a picture of me. You make took the human legs. That's what it is. I already have loads. I already have loads of them. Been winning that competition for twenty-two years. I tell you, I wouldn't even say you have to. I wouldn't even say you have to put it through your legs. I tell you, it's just an absolute forest down there. You wouldn't even see it. <laughs> <laughs> this is the real spoiler alert, Daryl. Warren has a mangina. It wouldn't surprise me, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I yeah, should have said nothing. I should have fucking said nothing. You should have said that picture. I don't worry. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Deadly. All right, gents. Great. Been a pleasure. I'm, I'm actually... Yeah, I'm actually sweating now because it's like a red hoodie. I'm in the box room. Very warm. Starving for me dinner as well, so... Uh, yeah, we'll wrap it up here. Uh, what was that? It's <laughs> a so very good, very nice. <laughs> very good, very nice. Um, so we, we'll, do, we'll do some um, 2021 uh, juices. Yeah, so on Saturday, we'll have a Royal Rumble 2001 uh, predictions, picks, all sorts of good stuff. Um, so that'll be this Saturday. Uh, until then then anyway thanks very much everyone for listening uh, wherever you are listening from because actually funny enough podcast one we already got uh, a listener project from Japan and we got listeners from New Zealand who I think I know who they are um, but yeah who the fuck so we'll keep who the fuck that. are you <laughs> um, so yeah we'll call it quits here real quick actually before I go um, I'm just going to say shout out to Connor Richardson because he's actually after making the like the intro team to this podcast now. So when you hear this podcast, obviously the start of it, we'll have his music on it. Um, yeah, I'll put his link to his. Uh, Monchilla. Monchilla, yeah, that's the that's his uh, 
his stage name, I suppose you want to call it. Um, I'll put it, his link to his SoundCloud in the description as well. So if you want to go give him a follow, his link will be on every podcast now going forward because he did us a, a great service now with that. Um, sounds class, we think, anyway. Uh, very um, WWF attitude, loading screen music to me. So oh, I enjoy it. Um, but yeah, so we'll leave it there. Um, thanks everyone for listening and we will see you on Saturday. Adios. Next time we review your 13 year old's uh, birthday bouncy castle wrestling moves. Cheers. God bless. Thanks. Thanks.